On this week's episode of A Slice of Golf, we talk about what we could borrow from other sports to make golf better. We hear about very strong rounds from Chris and Ben. I start my recovery journey after my worst ever round. Plus, we talk about Phil and the PGA Championships. This is A Slice of Golf, hosted by me, Tim Williams. Me, Ben Fowler. And myself, Chris Wright. Welcome, welcome. We're back. It's another week. I'm here with the boys. Another episode of Slice of Golf. And we've got a lot to talk about this week. Uh, one of the things we're going to talk about is uh, things that we can potentially start stealing from other sports to make golf better. I mean, this is ent- entirely a theoretical and slightly jokey exercise, but we'll see how we get on when we get into that later. Now, first things first, let's uh, let's talk about how we've been getting on. So... <laughs> Obviously, I wasn't here last week. So, what would what, you what you boys talk about while I was here? Was you know, did I get mentioned at all? Oh no! Wait, I think you did mention me while I wasn't here last week to defend myself because <laughs> I've had a lot of messages <laughs> from listeners. Thanks to you two, relishing my absolute meltdown. It was a meltdown a couple of weeks ago. Um, so thank you for doing that whilst I literally couldn't talk it through yep. or explain myself at all. That was really great. That's that's locked into the memory. So next time one of you boys answer around to defend yourselves, you've been warned, basically. Um, but anyway, moving on from that, I know that you chaps have both been out on the course this weekend. Um, I'm, I haven't, but I'll come back to what I've been doing. Uh, Chris, should we, do you want to kick sure. us off? Okay, cool. Talk so your four of us headed over out. to uh, Milford Golf Club, which I don't think I've played since they've done a whole load of major works and they've added i want to say three three new holes as it, like it was already it was an 18 hole course but i'm not quite sure how i don't know they've bought they had some more land they put two extra holes on the other side um uh, and i don't think i've played it since since they've done that work so it was nice to go see that see see what's changed see how it worked uh yeah, I liked it. It's it's a very it's short good, course. Isn't it? no. So it's five thousand two hundred off the yellows, mm. I think five thousand two hundred, and then wow. um, I got a message after the podcast last week saying that I was after I said I was going to play at Milford. Got a um, message from a listener who's a member there and said was giving sent me a load of tips, which I probably really should have paid attention to. But the the thing that makes me laugh with the tips is it assumes that I can hit the ball where. I want it to go. Uh, so that's always a big issue with, with tips. He's like, yeah, just make sure you aim down the left side. I'm like, sure, I can aim down the left side um, and and hopefully it'll end up there. But chances of it actually happening are, are slim to none. But uh, very useful. And he said his top tip was play off the whites because it turns two relatively long par fours into quite short par fives. So I was like, cool. Okay, I'm all right with that. Yeah. Even playing off the whites only turns it into 5,600, I think, yards. So it's still a very doable course. And yeah. uh, I can confirm the par, the par fives that are par fours off the yellows. One of them I didn't even realize was a par five while I was playing the hole. Hit a decent drive. And then I was like, wow, this is a long par four. I'm still like a, a I think it was a six iron in. I hit like a, I hit a decent drive, and I thought, "Oh, I've absolutely nailed that." Middle of the fairway, hit my six iron onto the green, two putt. I walked off. Thought, oh, that's a decent par. And then one of the guys I playing with was like, "Oh, 
that was a par five. I was like, excellent. I've just birdied, <laughs> birdied, birdied the par five. Birdie, <laughs> excellent birdie. news. That was a very achievable par five in, in hindsight. So uh, that was good. What he didn't tell me is after walking off that, and that was the 12th. So you walk off that very, very doable par five. And where they actually gain the yardage on the whites apparently is just all on the par threes. So like I walked onto the 13th, which I don't have the scorecard in front of me. I've just got what I scored, but I'm pretty sure it's like a 170 yard or 160 yard par three off the whites, 240. Right. Okay. Um, I'm like, I, I can't reach the green. Yeah. So, <laughs> So, so I was like, and it's not an easy green. Like it's well protected by hills and bunkers. I, I might be, I might be exaggerating. Two thirty, two thirty. I think it was two thirty-five or something. But either way, you walk into off a, a par five that's very achievable onto a long, long par three. And I was like, ah. Needless to say, that all the points that I gained on hole twelve, I very quickly gave back on <laughs> hole thirteen. So golf course got me there. But but overall, very enjoyable. I racked up very quietly, I'll say. And I'll come on to Pops Watch in a minute because I've got various things to talk about Pops because <laughs> he was playing with us. Um, I very quietly racked up 39 points. So, so I was very pleased. Yeah. 17 on the front nine, 22 on the back. So I was, yeah, loving life. I was, what was I? One, two, two, three. I was four over on the back. Which That's was solid. which felt really good, and that was with thirty five putts. I definitely left a few putts out there as well. Had one blob on the cards, which was really irritating, uh, and that was <laughs> one blob on the cards. That uh, was on the eighth, and the top tip for that hole from Dan, who is a member there, was don't do anything silly. Just take your two hundred yard club off the tee. So I step up on the eighth, take the driver, proceed to snap hook the driver. Uh, at OV, I was like, right, really good start. Now follow the advice. Snap hooked that into the trees and was like, right, this is not this is not my hole. So uh, <laughs> off we walked there with a blob. Now, can I, I feel like I have to mention Ben just at this point here. Pops just will come on to a, a more intense Pops watch later. He, after, <laughs> honestly, so he's playing off, what's he playing off? 20, 21 he was playing off. Yep. What? Hang on. It was like right, eighteen months ago. I was off. I, so I was off seventeen. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. I am going to go in on this because. Correct me if I'm wrong, but literally, like the week before we went to the Warwickshire for our first major of the year, was there not some controversy because he had his handicap locked in at twenty or twenty-one, but he told every basically he told us that he had a handicap cut down Maybe. to like. 18, I think. So what's he Maybe. doing? Well, what's he doing? My course handicap was 18, and that's all I can see. So I can only see that his course handicap was 21. So assuming so assuming maybe he was off 19 okay. and he got two okay. extra shots. Okay. I don't know. I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna I don't know. Either way, wow. he was playing off 21. And it's very suspicious, I'll say. Sure. It's suspicious or not, what happened over the first five mm. holes is quite simply mind blowing. So we me, me and Ben often have a little like who's going to buy the beers after wager. And uh, after the first hole, he'd scored two points. I think I'd scored one point. And, oh no, I'd scored, no, I'd scored two points. He'd scored three points. 
And he was like, oh, I might have to shoot off quickly afterwards. So maybe we don't do the wager today. I was like, oh, okay. He's bottling it. Sure. Whatever. Bottling it already after the first. Well, through, through, I'm looking at his scorecard. He was one under through four holes. Wow. And after five holes, after fifth, he he dropped a point. Like he only scored two two points on the fifth. He had 16 points through five. Oof. And at that point, I was thinking, bloody good job. I haven't made a bet wow. here because I was playing. I was playing two point golf, and I was like, okay, I'm on. I'm on ten points through five, uh, and I'm six points behind him already. <laughs> I, I, it, honestly, watching it, I was like, he was just like middle of the fairway, middle of the green, two putt, off he walked, and I was just like, who, who is this guy? What, <laughs> what's what have you done with Ben Price? Where's, where's, what's going on? Uh, at that point, I think he got quite excited about the prospect of having a worldy round. Uh, then had a blob, uh, picked up four more points in the back nine with another blob, uh, and finished on twenty points. He then really went into. Do you mean front nine? Finished front, front nine. Front, nine, front, nine. Nine. front nine. What did I say? Okay. <laughs> You said back nine. No, you got sorry, sorry, sorry. No, Twenty point front nine total, and then decided that he would just go back to playing average golf and scored a twelve point back nine for a total of thirty two points. Which, considering the start, which obviously thirty two points is not terrible, but when you're sixteen after five, like he was on a roll. Like yeah. I was like, I was watching him going, "Oh God, he can play golf. Who knew? Who knew pops could play golf?" It was, it was, you know, you're like, I'm actually just quite enjoying seeing someone play really good golf and I'm not like, just really yeah. nice to see. So well done, Pops. Well done, Pricey. So he, so he Correct. was on 16 yeah. points through five, did you say? And then he scored Correct. 16 <laughs> points over his next 13 holes. <laughs> I'm actually irritated for him. I'm actually like not. I, I'm not kind of like joking. I'm actually frustrated. I'm frustrated hearing it because he's like, ah, break eighty. Like, Pricey could have been the day for like, yeah. But no, like overall, the golf the golf was pretty good. I was just again, Ben took the heat of having a crumble and not scoring well, and I just quietly racked up, quietly racked up some some good points. So yeah, I was I was I was really pleased. Just kept the ball in play. The, the The only times I didn't score well was if off the nice. tee I was put myself in trouble. That was it. Short game was much better. I think we'd spoken about it and we had a lesson a few weeks ago and that was on the short game and that was much improved. In fact, it, my level of judging how much I'd improved was, I can't remember which hole it was, but I duffed the chip, but the duff went far much further and still landed on the green. So I was like, okay, I, I can deal with my duffs being just not quite on, you know, not near as the hole as I would expect, but still on the green that I can deal with. So that was my, okay, I'm improving moment. Yeah. Putts, putts did let me down. I had a birdie opportunity on 17. Me and one of the other guys hit world, like really good tee shots, both less than I'd say six feet, both missed the, the birdie putt. I was just like, Oh, I even watched his and I was like, oh, it doesn't move. And then I hit mine and I was like, yep, yeah, it moves. Okay, great. Whatever. That's fine. So I was, yeah, it was, I was annoyed at that, but yeah, overall, very pleased, very pleased with myself on that, on that round. 
And yes, and yes, there was a very good, whole, very good score. Maybe more than a whole shot cut. I'm down to sixteen point one. Nice. It's finally heading in the right, right direction again. Finally heading good in the right man. direction. So yeah, really good. good. And by the way, we'll, after Ben, we'll come back to Pop Swatch because I've got another update from him. Just quick one. Quick one, all the mobility work that you started oh, doing. Oh, one, still doing it, and two, did you notice the difference? Uh, I absolutely am still doing it. 15, no, sorry, 20 minutes, 20 minutes to half an hour every night. And flexibility and mobility work. Did I notice a difference? I, the bit, So the big thing that I'm, I was struggling with is just not like turning the hips or not getting full rotation in the hips. On the round, on the in the range the day before I was consciously trying to do it, but on the round I was like, don't think about it. Just do what you've been doing. So I don't know that I noticed on the round, if it was making a difference, however, scoring was better than it has been. So maybe it has, but I'm still only what two, this is week three, week four, week three of doing that. So yeah. And I've got, you know, I've, I've got a lot of work to do. So, so yeah, I, I mean, yes, I feel much freer and my you can see in the pictures that i've taken my flexibility mobility is already much improved uh yeah i don't know if it's i wasn't thinking about it i'll think about it when i go to the range this week and and see athlete Athlete. (laughs) right uh ben you you seem to be one of a a gaggle of uh frey bentos squad members that were down at Pedham place this weekend um obviously it was the place to be uh to you know spoiler alert there were some cities yeah there was uh it was so come on we, so we it. turned up so Pedham's one of the places that i think we we all agree it's, it's really enjoyable the, the course was in great nick um and what usually defends the course is the, the weather because it sat on top of a a hill, and we really mean it. it's the highest point for for miles, so it drains incredibly well. Um, and normally the the wind just whistles in, so it kind of has a bit of a defense of the golf course. But it's the first time I played it where it, there was just no wind whatsoever. So um, there were a lot of good scores because of that, because it's quite a gettable course. There's a lot of banks which kind of kick the ball back into play instead of making it disappear. Yeah. And even the like longer rough was was relatively short. So if you did hit it off off target it, it tends to stay okay um now i started off we got down there an hour and 20 minutes before me and me and johnny boy uh the flatmate i had a great chipping practice beforehand and then an excellent range session so you know you walk off the range you're like oh, i'm feeling good but i also know that that means i'm probably going to play absolutely awfully <laughs> and we played we played a lot from the yellows uh, around there recently so we were like right it's it's a, probably a bit too short the, the the weather's good let's play off the whites so on the first tee I took a club which would would typically have put me 20 30 yards short of of running out of fairway because it was still so firm it just kind of bounced kicked on uh, and went into the rough and that was kind of a the theme of the day there was a really good score out there to be had I just kept putting myself in not very nice positions off the tee not from being left or right but it was generally just not making the adjustment for how firm the ground was and just not allowing for the bounce and the roll because it went flipping miles out there. Um, <laughs> something that I would be probably shot if I didn't mention it from the boys that I did play with. Um, now, done a lot of speed work, hit a lot of drivers, hit driver pretty much every opportunity. 
and uh, I almost missed the ball when I stepped on to the the fifth tee on five. It's a it's a really unique par five that has the sharpest dog leg of of any golf course, any golf hole I've ever played. I think it's five. One, two, three. Yeah, it is five. Five or four. I don't know. Whatever the par five is. Uh, anyway, it's like. 360 to the corner 370 to the corner and then it comes back really really sharp so if you hit a good drive on there you're in great position to be on the green into eagle putt um like which i had a couple of weeks ago um and i thought right if i pipe this we're good because this is rolling out there's not a drop of wind 360s on the cards uh and i pretty much it came straight off the neck there was no there was no point that a mark was being left on the face of the club and it uh, it shot very sharply left and into the very deep rough and it must have gone about 30 or 40 yards off the sea. <laughs> so because I had that on, on camera, the boys obviously made me put it up on Instagram because it was quite funny. Uh, and it looked like, if you'd been watching that, it would look like it was going shocking, but managed to get out again, had a putt for par on that hole somehow. Um it was just one of those rounds of golf where I managed to score well, but didn't ever feel like I was playing good golf. And I just feel like that's kind of a symbol of the golf recently. So I had a 41 stroke, 19 point front nine. Um, so I didn't really feel like I played well. But one of the lads we play with, we're very competitive with each other. His handicap uh, kind of sits between eight and a nine and, and kind of fluctuates between that. So he's a few shots better than I am. But I would say I'm the more consistent of the two. He can shoot right up to mid eighties, but can shoot really low. I have do not have the ability to shoot really low, and it's a kind of a case of once he gets going, you've just got to hang on to his tail and hope at some point he starts to crumble. Anyway, our pal, um, he finished one over on the front nine and was like on twenty two points or, or something, something stupid. Um, anyway, we, we kind of made the turn. I shock him finish because it's tougher stretch of holes. So I went. Down the, the final four holes, I went double, triple, bogey, double. So I was plus eight through the final four holes. And, uh, yeah. How long? How long was yeah. the? Is it the sixth? Is it the sixteenth? Yeah. So for those who, who, who play played Pedham, you'll know the sixteenth. I, I mean, we jokingly say it every time we play that the sixteenth is is the hardest par three in in the world. Um, and <laughs> it's it was playing it was playing two fifteen the other day. Um, from the whites, which doesn't sound too bad, but okay. you add in it's twenty odd yards or so uphill. The green it's protected by a steep bank in the front. Um, there's heather back right, and then the green's actually probably only like twenty twenty five yards deep. I I think of all the times I've played yeah. there, must be eight or nine times. I think I've hit the green just once. So, I mean, bear in mind the other day I played uh, I played hybrid because the conditions were good. Um, and in the end, I tried to hit it too hard, thinned it, and, and actually lost the ball. Um, but I've played three wood there before and absolutely hammered it and come up 30 yards short because of the wind. Yeah. So there are times, I mean, one of the lads the other day took driver because um, he was just like, I'm not confident in any other club getting there. It's a, it's an odd par three. And something that we had a discussion with, uh, with it, there's no other place you can really put a tee box. So in my opinion, they should add, something to it and make it a short par four, a real high risk reward because I've now kind of got to the stage where I've lost a couple of balls on that hole and it's cost me a lot of shots. I might start playing it as a par four lay up mm -hmm. back that I hit a wedge close enough and hope that I get 
what I would now see as a birdie, which which would be a, a net par on a day. Yeah. And I think it's robbery that the, the stroke index I think lists it as seven. It's by far and away the the hardest the hardest hole on the course. Um, but I yeah I finished up with with eighty seven strokes for thirty four points. And I need to say going plus eight through the final four. I know that's a big ask to go par 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 par, but that would have been a, a nice seventy nine. Anyway, as kind of going back to our mate, it was, it was one of those. The front line was just great to watch. I'm good mates with him. We're super competitive with each other. But when he when he plays like that, it's good to watch. Anyway, he carried that on, uh, and he had to chip in um, to score level par on the final on the final hole. So he went super aggressive with his chip, narrowly missed the pin. Uh, it was close to kind of hitting the pin and dropping, and all four of us were on the green, like, oh, sort of shit. Uh, and anyway, he then two putted from there. So he shot two over par, mm. which as the rain started to drive down on the 18th hole, we were like, that's that's a bloody good round. Even though the conditions all day have been great, to, to see a, a two over par, that's, again, this is someone that I would back myself to beat head to head. But it's one of those days. Oof. Okay, you those, heard it here first. Dolts, I hope you're listening. One of those Travis days. would back himself to beat you every time. It's, no, it's one of those days where you just, you know, he's got it in the locker. I do not have that anywhere near that in the locker to shoot two over par. And just you know, when you play with a player, you're like, yeah, he, he's got the ability to shoot really low. You can tell with him in the first four or five holes, whether it's going to be one of those days is if is the driver, is the three wood working well. If he's hitting that straight, it's game over from four holes in because his short game is that good. Um, but he's, if he's slightly... For, for the listeners, this is someone who like when you see him play you're like oh that's what a golf swing should look like i get it okay right like he's someone who grew up playing golf isn't he like he was always around golf as a kid he was uh, always playing and you can see it like you can you can absolutely see it when he's when he hits the ball you're like oh okay i wish i could make golf look that easy if I swung the club as fast as he swings the club, it I'd would just break. be an absolute I think I recipe for disaster. Yeah, that I mean, would break. that's the thing is that like, if it's straight, he hits the ball an absolute flipping mile. I, I just just can't live with him, can't get close to him. And then because he did play so much as a kid, his short game is, is excellent as well. So you've got a recipe for getting your ass kicked when it's when it's on. So you've just got to turn up and hope that his driver's not behaving itself and then, and then you're in with a chance. But, um, but no, it was great, great to watch. And it's one of those just great to play with. You know, when similar to what you said about Pricey, we, we all give each other shit and we, we like to beat each other. But when good golf is being played, you're like, no, this is it's quite enjoyable to play with. Well, yeah. Um, ben, I've, I've got a listener question for you here. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, this was a rather amusing conversation between me. So this guy called Dan, different Dan who has given me tips for Milford. But um, he asked me about decade golf and I got confused and thought he meant Mackade golf or I thought in my head, he was talking about Mackade golf, which is a golf um, apparel brand. And I was like, yeah, I don't know much about them to be honest with you, but I know someone who's bought the trousers. So I'll go and ask them. And uh, then, then he was like, "No, no, not not the apparel brand." And I was like, "Oh, decade golf. That's what Ben's been talking about on the podcast." I was like, "Oh, why?" He's like, "He's like, well, I've been thinking about." He go, "I've looked at it, and in theory, it makes a lot of sense. And I've been thinking about using it, um, but I don't want to put in a shitload of effort to get a fuck, to get a fuck all back, basically." <laughs> so his question is for you: Is 
are your scores improving using Decade Golf? I, because the last two courses I've played are courses that I've played multiple times. By multiple, I mean like eight, nine, ten times. I haven't done them. And I know that goes completely against the whole point of it because like Jamie said, when when, when we did it around uh, the, the track that he plays all the time, so he's, he's a coach, plays at Burr Hill. He was like, when he did it, he realized that he should be taking drive up almost everywhere. Now, it would change the strategy and definitely give you more confidence when stood on the tee, knowing, take the club. It's basically like having a caddy. You know exactly what club you should be taking so you can step up and swing with confidence. It's a good, solid hour or so's worth of research have i noticed a difference i've noticed a difference in confidence notice the difference in score i don't know because i've not actually put it to, into play on any golf courses that i've played before um it's only been okay. put in place on new courses and that was in turkey and then when we played in the warwickshire so i would i would say yes from a pure confidence perspective but i can't say from a statistical yes i'm definitely better Okay. Yet. That doesn't help Dan. Okay. At Dan, all. maybe. <laughs> it depends. I think if it, it would be different if you were uh, a member of a golf club and you were playing the same course every week because it's, you know, an hour's worth of prep. If you know your distances for each club and you know the dispersion, you know, it's a, it's a one-time thing. You do it in an hour and then you've got it and then you know you're stepping on the right tee. So it would it would probably require someone who plays the same course week in, week out to give you a better answer, yeah, we just play everywhere all the time. So I'm a difficult person to ask. It gives me a lot more confidence. So I, I would recommend it to anyone, really. Okay. Okay. I mean, yeah, okay. We've kind of answered the question. Good. Kind of got there. Um, so, okay. So ben and chris having very decent weekends out on the course excellent um going back to me a couple of weeks ago so as as the boys delighted in regaling you last week i had an absolute meltdown two weeks ago now i know this is going to sound like a huge excuse but i think it's a genuine one i would say so i i was playing i think it was a total of 10 days after getting covid pretty much and fair to say it was still kicking my ass um, in terms of fat fatigue and foggy head. Now that's not to say there wasn't other shittery going on on the day. My putting was absolutely awful, but I just thought, you know what? It's one of those where pff, there's, there's, a, there's, there's a quite big anomaly in terms of my condition going on for that round. So I'm not going to completely, you know, fly off the handle, but I did have, I did have a good sort of, I think it was three days where I was just like, I'm just going cold Turkey. I'm just not thinking about golf. I'm not looking at golf. I just need to kind of have a little bit of a mental reset. And then I went to, and I went to the back to the range on Friday and basically <laughs> inundated Chris and Ben with how much better I was feeling essentially. Um, so uh, I, I, I kind of know that when I'm playing tired and this has happened a few times, um, classic faults that come in with me, uh, my swing is too fast. I have too little rotation and there's like no lag in my swing whatsoever. So those three things just do not make for a good, uh, a good outcome. So I kind of started off the session with the mindset of a little bit of a rebuild. So just started off the session doing sort of chipping and pitching, which I'm pretty comfortable with. And then just built up from kind of almost very, very gradually turning my pitching swing into my full swing 
not having the mindset of having a different swing altogether. And that worked, worked for me. So, um, so uh, who knows, who knows the proof will be next time I'm out on the course, but certainly, um, I don't actually have a round booked in. I'm away for the next two weekends. So it's definitely not for the next, it's definitely not for a while. Uh, unfortunately, Tim, um, wait, wait, but Tim, two you pieces know, of luckily, information. We, Oh, hang on. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. We're playing a week on Saturday. Oh, I don't think you've confirmed. <laughs> oh, I basically said, yeah, if Chris can make it, I, I can play. We, so we I, I, I thought I was play. in by kind of default. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, yeah. Um, no, I think, yeah, I think I'm in. So I'm sorry, just organising our social calendar whilst we're recording the podcast. So, yes, oh, I think can... a week on Saturday. Is no, no, I was going to say, next. luckily, if you um, sorry, go Chris, back, you about to say I something. think two maybe three episodes in our podcast we actually recorded a podcast titled uh what do we do in the event of having a world's worst round and how do we recover from that so what you might want to do go back give it a listen and see what advice you would give yourself because i'd love to know if you did the same thing (laughs) definitely definitely did not go through the same process as i did last time i'm not going to tell people what it was but if you go back and listen, I can vouch that it is not the same as it was last time. It was not as dramatic. No spoilers in there. Um, two two very small bits of information to share with you, which are quite exciting, which I know you'll be keen on. First bit of information, um, two small tweaks <laughs> to my putting action, which I know oh, you, you guys will love. It's been, it's been about... To be fair, it's been about 12 months since I changed something in my putting, so it was, it was about time. But I can confirm I've, I'm working very hard on not lifting my head up immediately in the putting stance and something else i noticed is that um from watching myself back i see i have a little bit of a tendency to actually when i'm sort of uh, drawing the putter back uh my arms actually go away from my body a little bit uh which definitely doesn't help so i've been really focusing on the kind of the path and taking it away really close and tight line nice. so those are the two things i've been working on so who knows if, if my putting in, in, improves, then who knows? But we'll wait, wait to see on that one. The second thing, very, very exciting. Oh, God. Grass oh, driving lovely. range is open yeah. at the club. And it really does make you realise when you do switch from having kind of practised on mats for sort of the last few weeks and you go onto the grass, how there are shots you can probably hit on mats that you can feel, okay, yep, that's a good shot. So in certain impact positions on grass, never going to get away with. And that was really, really great to get, actually interesting and good to get that feedback because there were certain shots I'm like, that's just way too heavy. And I, if I was on the mat, I probably would have thought that was a good connection. So really, really lovely to actually get back on a grass range. I know not loads of people have access to it, but it was, it was interesting to me, the actual, it, it, it was, it felt incredibly different yeah, nice. and better being on the grass range. Lovely. Uh, ben, how's what was your putting stats from the weekend? Putting stats from the weekend. Oh, not good. Um, I did have. I mean, I made two birdies. I had an eagle putt, which I just missed the hole. There was a, quite a lot of misreads, which can't be putting down to the stroke. There were a couple of mishit putts. Putts in total, thirty-six. Shite. Right. So average is now what thirty-six, thirty-seven with the new putter. No. I had a 29 and a 30 oh, no, recently. Really. Well, you haven't mentioned it if you have. Mm, da, 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 da. Let's have a look. 
Putting numbers before Newcastle, comfortably an average 32. And the last, uh, no, not a 29. In the last six, I've got two 31s, a... The putter feels, it feels great. <laughs> he's, he's justifying it. He's justifying it. <laughs> two thirty ones, two thirty threes. By the way, this is great content, by the way. Ben just yeah. very slowly reading out puppets. This is great content. Still the best putter in the world. I'm, I'm leaving, leaving myself like 40 yard putts. It's always, always going to hit, That's you know, okay. never going to sure. one putt from like 40 yards away. If I'm hitting, you know, Hitting it a mile away. It's, no, it's not true. Fine. It's not the putter. Um, I feel. Should I save Pop Swatch for next week? Because it's not a. It's not a time sensitive one. It's just an interest. Yeah, let's move on. I'm conscious we've been talking about our game for a good half an hour now. But before we do, now then, as we've been discussing, I've been on something of a. Uh, golfing roller coaster in the past few weeks uh, and something that I'm looking to get me back on the straight and narrow and well fairways at least is tour strength. Tour strength is the most cost effective way to improve your game cheaper than new clubs or gadgets or bashing 400 balls down the range because for less than the cost of a weekly coffee you'll be accessing different training programs which include video tutorials custom nutrition plans, and even a speed program for those looking to hit the ball further. For me personally, I'm gonna be using it to increase my flexibility, build strength, avoid niggles and injury, and hopefully, at last, get this handicap down a little bit. The Tour Strength app has been designed based on almost a decade of experience in health, fitness, and conditioning, and it takes the learnings of some of the biggest golf fitness companies in the world. And right now, you can get an absolutely free, tailored nutrition plan just for you. It's normally worth 50 pounds, just by being a listener to the pod. If, you, if this sounds like your thing, head on over to tourstrength.co.uk and enter the slice, the code even, slice at the checkout for your discount. And if you weren't already aware, this has been designed by our very own Ben Fowler. So you can be sure of a really top quality product that he's been developing for almost a year. So go check it out. I believe, Christopher, news. You've got some in the news. I've got I've got some in the uh, news quiz. Although this is quite stories for us. This isn't as um, obscure as last. Was it last week, Ben? I gave you the the Aussie mm. attacked by a kangaroo one. Uh, <laughs> so I feel like you might you both you both have probably seen this already. But for those of you who are listening who might not have seen this, a local golfer played in a U.S. Open qualifier. Yesterday, I believe, he shot 112, 40 over par. He was forced to play by who and why? I'll let Tim have a guess because I I know this one because um, it ties into two sports that I I love and something that I do with with the uh, the uni boys. So say that. So say that again. That was a U.S. Open qualifier or a PGA. So U.S. Open qualifier. Yeah. A local golfer was forced to play in. He scored 112, scoring 40 over par. Why was he forced to play? And by who? So he's a local player. He's not a pro. Uh, it's not even that good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, forced to play in a qual... Who gets forced to play in a qualifier? Um, and then shoots 40 over. 
I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with this one, Chris. Um, something to do with sponsors or plays for a sports team in the area? I don't know. Ben, would you like to fill us in? Yeah, he lost uh, his NFL fantasy league. Um, and because it's an open, you can, you know, anyone can enter. So is the part of the forfeit was to enter the US Open qualifying. <laughs> I found that brilliant. That's incredible. What a punishment. What a punishment. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously like, sure, I assume the course would have been set up to be quite tough. Maybe. So, I mean, like, he's obviously not a complete, like, he's obviously someone who's got a set of golf clubs. Do you know what I mean? But Maybe we should have yeah. that as the, the actual prize that we give out for the 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 race to Frey Bentos at the end of the year. They have to actually play in a qualifier event. What, the loser? <laughs> no, the winner. The winner? Yeah. Okay. Just, you know, bring them back down to earth, probably. I mean, sure, I can't get round Perford without losing wow. 20 balls, but... I'm never going back. Being <laughs> an open qualifier, sure. Um, wow. Wow. That's wow, that's good commitment from that from that group. Excellent. Very good. Uh, right, let's, 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 let's quickly touch on um, the pros. So, Max Home winning the, the Wells Fargo. Uh, Thorpe Bjorn Olison winning the British Masters. Um, I'm going to level with you guys. I've not seen a huge amount of this uh, of golf this weekend, other than once again, really enjoying how the PGA have listened to me and seen basically intent on hosting their events in like the most inclement weather you can find. Because the rain at the Wells Fargo was basically biblical for the first few days that I watched. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I've got nothing. I I watched very little golf. I'm afraid I've got I haven't got anything to apart from the fact that my fantasy league team have let me down again. Is it is it your team letting you down? Is it not you letting yourself down as the selector? Yeah, I mean, I so I went. I, so I, 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 I say this. I beat you by like two points. So I I'm, <laughs> so I'm not I, I, my higher lofty position here. <laughs> I, I did Ben won Ben bloody won yeah. he's in the money well done Ben um, yeah I did what you did that, I went that, 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 that saves me from having to top up for another week add some uh, <laughs> add some funds to the pot I, I said I keep I drain it week on week and then it comes to a point where I'm like right I need to add more funds to, to the budget and it, it, then we come back we take a win yeah I um, I did the thing that you said Tim I went through several different articles there's like two or three guys that I pay attention to and to be fair, for the first half of the season so far, like the first half of our how many events we've had, one guy was just killing it for me. I was just like putting anyone he suggested in. And now he's he's obviously on a bit of a cold streak because I'm picking whoever he's <laughs> recommending. So I went went moved away to another guy who had a decent week last week. Uh, I had two teams in different contests filled with players from both people's selections. Both teams were shit. So everyone they suggested was a terrible decision. I don't, I don't know what to do anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm out on a, I'm out on a cold front. Don't know, what, don't know what's happening. He's lost. He's lost. He's winning. He's Ed lost. Winner. Season's gone. gone. It's basically down to miss myself and Fowlers from here on in. Yeah, have you, have you seen the standings as well now, Tim? Uh, no, oh, no, I haven't. Do you want to take us so, through the standings right now? Timothy Williams is on twenty six points, leading. Me, yes. 24, points, 24 points. Chris Wright, 20, 20, 22 points. <laughs> Chris, Chris is huge lead. In the yeah, last two weeks. 
Yes, mm-hmm. correct. The rot has, has continued. He picked up a point last week and the rot has set back in. Yeah. Got in no question himself. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, now, in other pro news, two interesting names. I'm, I'm pretty sure ever you both, I'm sure you both have seen this. And I'm sure most people listening will have seen this. Two interesting names mentioned in the, f- the field for the PGA Championship next week. Uh, Tiger and Phil, both involved. Did we see that coming? I thought Tiger was going to play till the Open. Yeah. T- t- for a last I'd heard in the interview, Tiger was like, I'll be there at the Open and was not committing to anything else in, in between. So you did not see that coming, no. Hmm. And Phil, I I'm I'm, haven't been paying much attention to Phil, if I'm honest. Yeah, I mean, Phil, Phil um, for his agent, released a statement, I think, two weeks ago, saying he still um, will be fulfilling his, his duty as, as reigning champ to turn up, providing they would have him. Needless to say, they will. Uh, and then to also announce his uh, intent to join Liv. Um, Tiger, I knew he, I knew he played a practice round a couple of weeks ago at Southern Hills, so thought it was on the cards. And I think if he was out of the running at that point, I feel like he would have come out and said, "Look, it's just too much. I'm not going to be playing." So I think because he was quiet on that, I kind of assumed that he would be in. Which you know, it's great. It's great for me, that's for sure. Do you think that if Phil wasn't the reigning champion, <laughs> a do you think he would be entering? based on, you know, recent comments, behaviours, and B, would the PGA have him if he wasn't the reigning champ? So, aren't the majors separate? Hmm. Aren't they their own entity? Yeah. Uh, I thought that the PGA has an interest in the three majors. I don't think they do. Mm. I think they are their own entity. So I don't think that would have been a PGA decision. That would have been a PGA Championship decision, as far as I understand. Because you've got the PGA and the PGA Tour, I believe. I think they're two separate. It says they are two separate things. This is fast Wikipedia-ing, so not a completely bona fide source, but it says the PGA Championship is a tournament conducted by the PGA. Okay. PGA, not the PGA Tour. The PGA and the PGA Tour are separate. Mm. Well, again, it says it's part. It's it also says it's part of the PGA Tour. Mm. So there is. I think there probably is a level of involvement. Anyway, oh, anyway, don't get away from yeah. my question. Answer my question. So I, I well, I don't know. No, I think if the PGA Tour were in charge, I think they'd be keen to not invite people who are about to jump jump ship, yeah. but. I don't know. I think the whole thing is a bit ridiculous now. In what it's sense? like little Billy in the playground being like, you can't come and play in our game because you played in their game. I mean, that's exactly what it is. In fact, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I do okay. think he would have turned up just based on the live golf schedule because the live golf schedule is coming up in June and he's played no competitive golf in donkeys. So I kind of feel like he will not be wanting to turn up to live golf in terrible composition form. Um, and come 40th. Mm. So I kind of was like, like he, he's kind of got a free swing on the PGA champs. He was kind of always going to be invited back as a champ, the reigning champ. I think they would have really, really struggled to not invite him. But um, yeah, I'm not surprised he's going for sure. And and let's, let's, let's go early on this. Do we think he's making an impact on, on the leaderboard at the PGA next week? 
I mean, did you think he was going to make an impact last year? Yeah. Yeah, true. Uh, okay, so you think he will? No, I don't. But I didn't think he would last year either. <laughs> Chris, I mean, you, there's so many like political answers coming out of you tonight. You're basically just not answering any question that I'm chucking at you. It's like it's like having a chat. It's like having a chat with Keir Starmer. This <laughs> every question you throw at me, I'm responding with a question. Uh, no, I no, I do not think he will be anywhere near the top of the leaderboard. I think it's good for him, to, as Ben says, to get the practice round in. I think it's good for media speculation, hype, a chance to promote live golf, etc. Do you think you? Do I, you think there will be some sort of promotion? I think just the fact of him being there, the conversation happens. Right. Okay. okay. Like I just, I think anyone. If I was, if I was live golf right now, I'd be like to all the players that are going to go go and play in as many tournaments as you can because then you'll get asked the question are you going to be playing it right. live golf love the best thing the PGA Tour could do is make sure no one asked any questions about live golf mm-hmm. because then they stop then they you suffocate the the journalism around it at the events but they're not doing that they're asking every single player yeah so they're just going to get more and more attention don't know whether you've seen it as well but Norman's come out in a, a video with a video statement today in an interview uh, and he said 19 of the top 100 have requested release to go and play. So I think we're now getting closer to, that's a, I don't want to say a solid number because the fields are still going to be 40 people and 19, it's it's quite a, you know, it's quite a few short of that 40. So it means there's going to be a lot of players outside the top 100. But if we're that close to the event, that. Yeah. It okay. guaranteed that a few of the boys this weekend, they're all going to know who's going. All of the yeah. players are going to know who signed up. Um, and there will be a few more, I won't say recruitment tactics, but I think there's going to be a few more start to gradually edge towards live golf now that they see so many of the top 100 are, are involved. Would, um, is, if you were a player, if you were like, I don't know, you're ranked 80th right now and you've agreed to go, I'd, I'd be keeping my class close to my, I wouldn't be promoting it. I'd be like, no, fuck, I, I want to turn up, I, I want a payday here. Like, yeah. I don't want anyone else to come along. <laughs> I want a chance to beat the ranked 400th player in the world and mm. and get, Three million quid or whatever it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, what? firstly, I would, I still maintain, I wouldn't go and join it, um, just for reasons I've gone into many times before. Not going to go into again. Um, but yes, I also agree that I wouldn't necessarily be. I'd keep, I'd be keeping it very separate in all my chat and uh, I don't know, kind of decoration on bags and clothing, all that jazz. I'm fairly, I'm, I'm interested to see what the top 19, uh, the 19 that go and play. I'm fairly certain on six, um, but of the 19, I would, God, I mean, you can go through the top 100 and pick out names that you think would be, but there's absolutely no way of knowing at the moment. Mm. Interesting. I mean, we'll know a bit more next week when we sort of do our PGA Championship preview, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. More, probably even more interesting than normal with the, the background that's going on. Right. Do we just quickly? Do we want to talk about Sergio and his outburst? <laughs> uh, why don't you tee this up? No pun intended. Uh, yeah. So, so Sergio uh, hooked one um, across like a little stream. They were uncertain of where the ball kind of entered for him to go and look at it. Uh, the rules official kind of came and started lingering by. He was judging where to cross this stream, but unbeknown to him, the uh, official had already put him on the shot clock. So in actual fact, he hadn't started looking for the ball. So 
he hadn't broken any rules at this point, so he shouldn't have been on the shot clock because he wasn't officially looking for his ball at that point. Uh, he then basically started gobbing off, getting really irate and said, essentially, I can't wait to get off of this tour and for people like you to stop bugging me. Um, so I think it's fair to say, correct me if I'm wrong and wildly inaccurate this, but I think it's fair to say Sergio Garcia is one of the names that will be playing on the Live Golf Tour. Yeah, well, I would say that was a safe bet. Yeah, I just found, found the outburst really interesting. And I know retrospectively, he's probably looking back thinking, what was I doing? You know, what a, an irrational outburst. The guys don't make more than $50 million on the PGA Tour. Like, that's, you've not had hard going. You know, the, the tour served you pretty well. So then go and slam it because a rules official um, was a little bit early on his, his oh, him starting a shot clock. It was a bit odd. So can I just say one thing on this? So I watched the footage back a few times. Now, just to play devil's advocate, I, having listened to it three times, I didn't make out that he said, I can't wait to get off this tour. I heard, I can't wait to get out of here. But I, I didn't explicitly hear him say, I can't wait to get off this tour, which seemed to be the story that, or, or the quote that a lot of news outlets were sort of saying. But just to throw my two pence into the ring or whatever, my hat into the ring, throw my hat into the ring. Um, I personally am not 100% said about the tour. I think you're... No, I think you're not wanting that to be the case. <laughs> you're not hearing it. Uh, it was an outburst. He didn't know that he was mic'd up. It was an angry outburst. We all say stupid shit when we're in a in a in an angry state. Uh, but I think I think it's fair to say that he will be yeah on the on that live tour event lineup. Yeah, I think because of his choice of words, it just for me it just angles that he was basically saying fuck the tour, I'm going to live because I don't know, why would he just pick those words? I don't really get it. I don't I don't, I don't really understand the angle behind it. We've all done and said some stupid shit when we're angry. Maybe he's, maybe he's just going to the DP World Tour. Maybe he's going to go play over there. Yeah, maybe. I mean, this is a guy who's done a lot of, let's be honest, frankly quite amusing stuff when he's been in order on a golf course, whether it be throwing his shoe into a lake or swatting a bunker. So, um, <laughs> I, I, uh, so. I, I saw it reposted on Twitter quite a lot. That it was, It's quite amusing, his angle, that he, he was kicking off um, about the tour, about going to play and live golf tours, you know, backed by the Saudis. And yet he was disqualified from a tournament in Saudi Arabia for smashing the shit out of the bunker and taking <laughs> his anger out on the grass. Like the irony in that is, is quite amusing. I I basically still think anyone who has played in the Saudi event, will ha, like morally, clearly is okay being in that world. So I think anyone who's been in that event with a high chance will see them at the Live Golf event. I don't mm. think... So I know mm. the players that have played in Saudi, Morikawa, Hatton, DJ... I don't think we see any of them in um, the first one. I think from the second one onwards, we will then see the big boys. Wait, stop. Wait, say that, say that again. Ben ben, 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 stop. Say that again. DJ and who? 
Oh, he's gone. Oh, okay, he's cool. Gone. Well, that's, that's good. That makes a good audio chat. Yeah. Apologies. Ben's obviously got internet issues. He's firing, uh, he's firing that hamster back up to get his internet. <laughs> <laughs> the dial up modem is going again. At that, uh, at that section, should we, should we move on, Chris? Or do you want to say any more? Yeah, let's, yeah no, let's move on. Cool. Let's move on. Cool. Um, Fowler, I'm sure, will be back with us very shortly. I reckon he's still talking, you know. Oh, I yeah, think he's, he's probably, still, he's still rabbiting away. This is, oh, maybe this is the time I dig him out when he can't hear and can't, doesn't know what I'm talking yeah. about. Um, <laughs> your new putter's rubbish. Um, <laughs> say that back. He's actually still, he's actually annoying with the putting. Oh, he's actually gone. Oh, and he's actually probably gone that. Right. So <laughs> we're going to carry on. It's now, it's now an impromptu tool. So um, something that got me thinking. And I'll be completely honest, this is this came to my mind when I was watching uh, the Formula One at the weekend. Um, and I sort of said to the boys, hmm, I wonder if there are things that, you know, either jokingly or seriously, golf could borrow slash steal from other sports, whether it be you know, mm. things that happen in the coverage or things that happen with the rules or the way that the, the game is played. You know, what, what could we what could we borrow? To, to kind of improve things. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna serve up my, an initial idea and I've, I've got a few more and then Chris, we can talk through it and you, know, you can pass through some nice. of yours. The, the, the genesis of this idea, if you like, um, came from, and by the way, if you've not seen this, go to YouTube because it's the best 14 minutes. It really is. This came from, the idea came from Martin Brundle's grid walk at the Miami Grand Prix on Sunday, um, mainly because he spent 14 minutes not having an absolute clue who he was talking to half the time. Um, he interviewed someone thinking it was someone else. Um, he was basically rebuffed from a load of uh, interviews. I think he interviewed like two members of the public and not really knowing what he was doing. And then as he got to his biggest kind of star, he was interviewing David Beckham, but then in the, he was cut off in the middle because they had to go to the national anthem. I just thought, this is brilliant. But anyway, I got, it, got, it got me thinking. So you have the grid walk, obviously, in Formula 1, you know, going down the grid, talking to the drivers before the race starts. What if you had the range walk at the pro events? You know, you go down to the range, you've got, I don't know who would do this, you know, whether it be Nick Doherty or whatever, you know, going down the range, pulling whoever it is away from the session, sort of asking them, you know, what are you working on? What, what are you working on on the range? What, what's your kind of focus for this weekend? You know, putting them on the spot, asking questions. I This, this isn't actually a genuine one. I actually think that would be good, a good addition to the coverage. So that's my, that's my first idea for 10 that I'm serving up. Nice. Yeah, I I like that idea. I think players probably wouldn't like that mm-hmm. idea because you're disrupting their their, their warm up and their focus for getting into the zone. Uh, but yeah, well, like again, you see it a bit at some of the events where they have like the extra little bay set up where they bring players in and they do little interviews, and I think that's really good. But yeah, I'd, I'd love a pre round just ambling up and down the range, having a quick chat with some other players. I think that, yeah, that'd be really good. I'm all for that. Just think I'd like to know their routines, what's going through their head, how many balls they hit on the range. Just anything to get us like us mere mortals a little bit closer to what those guys are doing and thinking would be, would be good. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Cause we see, we see a little bit like in the major, I'm back. Look at him. Yeah, he's ghosted back in covertly. Like he's not being, he's like he didn't disgusting. disappear for the last five minutes. <laughs> fed the hamsters they're back running around the wheel again in and head back up again yeah i always feel like the, the, the whenever you watch any of the majors you always see uh shots of the players on the range hitting balls but it's always just with commentators talking about 
the players and their chances for the week. So I think if you were to get them to one side and, and have a chat with them, I think it would be great. It would add so much mm. to the coverage. Yeah. Do, do you know who I think should do it? They should pick Radar. a random person from the crowd. Because can you imagine if it was any of us and we walk down and we suddenly see them like hit, you'd be like, fuck, that's that <laughs> I want, I want that kind of reaction. What food? What food did you got in your bag? The real, you know, the real pertinent questions. What snacks have you got? What kind of? What snacks have you got? Yeah, what snacks you got? How many? How many teas? You got, you got a Mars bar in there. Yeah. Or... <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So okay, there we go. First, first idea from me, Chris. Did you have anything you wanted to borrow from another sport? Uh, the only thing I want to borrow for me, this is all about. From a consumer point of view, <laughs> Ben's videos. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because Ben's videos just appeared again because his internet connection is so shit. Oh, it's all about the consumer side of it, right? So, in football, I know it's the state of the game, but in football, you get 45 minutes of sport, no ads, no breaks, mm. nothing. I can we not just figure out a way in golf to just watch more golf and I just have a longer period of actual content, actual golf, and then they can take their ad breaks. Like, can we just please do that? <laughs> can that be the one thing that well, I would like to borrow from from football is longer time. Lucky, lucky for you, lucky for you, mate. There is an organisation that is about to do just that. Yeah. I believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on anymore. We're recording, and I've now got Tim in here twice. We've got Ben. Ben hasn't got a yeah. video on. This is an absolute shambles. Um, so yeah, Tim, you missed. Awesome. I think you missed my idea, but my idea was. Oh, you got the idea. Oh, we now can't hear Tim though. So that's, that makes for a really good podcast. <laughs> absolute disaster. So Ben, what are your ideas? You give me your ideas. Right. So I've got I've got four and two which on, on reflection kind of closely mimic each other. But I want, I'd quite like to see something similar to uh, the team radio in F1, not um, a coach to player conversation, but more of a case of us being able to hear due to hot mics, mm-hmm. kind of what's going on on the course, what the player and caddy are talking about. I would much rather listen to Justin Thomas and his caddy. Tiger Woods and his caddy talk about what they're planning for each shot, their shot selection, then listen to Nick Faldo talk nonsense for whatever amount of time. I think that's such an interesting part of the game and we get so little of it. Yeah, I'm I'm 100% with you. I think the more I, 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 I did write this down, the more hot mics like mic everybody up Two two problems. One, the exact reference you just used of Justin Thomas when he was the one time he's been caught saying anything on camp on microphone, he's then lost all his sponsors and had a really bad bad situation. Sure, he said something that he shouldn't have said. Uh, and also, I can't remember we spoke about this a while ago about why players don't do it, and it's and it was to do with the PGA. Like the player doesn't own any of that content, the PGA. So there's no benefit for them. There is literally zero benefit for that player to be mic'd up. This is where, I mean, this is where I wrote down with this is hopefully we'll get a good insight into this with the Netflix series. Mm. Um, because I feel like you, you see the players having that, that the thing on the hat. I saw Brooks with it recently. I saw uh, Matt Fitzpatrick had it at the match play 
and they had that that little thing sat on their hat, which it was for the Netflix series because that's a, a hot mic. So oh, I hadn't seen that. Okay. Yeah, keep a lookout for it. There's likely to be. I don't know whether they'll be there this weekend, but at the PGA Championship, it's it's quite an obvious looking thing. Uh, it's it's quite a, a, a big addition to the hat. But um, yeah, those are two players that, that were in, and I remember them speaking about it beforehand. I think that will it will do them good. But also, we watch enough live golf in air quotes um, that is recorded and then played like ten seconds after the event actually happens. So if a player did say shit, fuck, bollocks, or whatever they, you know, whatever swear word. Well, then the, the broadcaster can chop that out um, if need be. I'm I'm kind of like, it's it's very easy for broadcaster to do that. They already do it. Just do it over, do it over all framed shots where you want the interaction. Um, never play those live because that could be could get quite ridiculous. There's already enough ridiculous amounts of sky sports commentators apologizing for people swearing that i don't think we need we need any more of that because they seem to say it all the time at the moment players gobbing off yeah I, i'm all i'm all um, for that. i would love to hear more caddy player chats because even the bits that the snippets that you see that are shared on social media every now and again i always think are really amusing conversations like it's either like the caddy really trying to convince the player not to do something <laughs> i think that that's just that's just i, I would love to see more of that so, and then my second one, which kind of closely mirrored it, but it's kind of like an extension of it. In I've taken this from cricket in the T20. So we'd have a select few players mic'd up that have a direct line to the commentators because mm. a player caddy chat, we may have absolutely no Scooby what's going on. If you listen to Bryson and his caddy, they're spouting all these numbers at each other. But in reality, we're watching. We haven't got a clue. So it'd be nice for then the commentator to be patched through to the player um, obviously away from their shot and ask them, okay, so what were you talking about there? What's the plan here? What's the structure? What do you see on this hole? We see it a little bit on the DP World Tour with Tim Barter, but it's always when they're kind of walking off the tee box and it's general chit-chat about how the week's gone, how they feel like they're playing instead of, a, okay, what are you seeing on this next shot? What happened on that putt on 10, say? Uh, immediately after they've they've hit a dodgy putt, so I think that I would quite like to see that, uh, and around different positions on the course. They yeah, because I think that's kind of creeping into a lot of sports. So they do that with um, BT Sport. Do that with rugby. So they have like a hotline into like a hotline. They have a line into the coaches. Um, so they interview the coaches as things are getting played out, and they do quite often kind of ask them the questions. You know, what's going on at scrum time? Why are you getting dominated? Um, what, what's the what's your attack patterns today? That, those kind of things. So it's it is creeping in. Um, I would love love to have that in golf again. I think it's just getting more. It's getting closer to the players, right? And bringing their personality and kind of almost a bit of a. It's just giving more value to the coverage because if you're watching it and kind of actually hearing what a pro is thinking or visualizing or prepping as they're about to, I don't know, chip over a monstrous bunker or hit out of a bunker or you know take on a drivable par four that'd be that'd be ace i'd love that i think that's amazing and they, they've kind of tested it haven't they in the the match series they always have the players linked up to the commentators i think and i think the interaction between them is brilliant mm-hmm. i like that that's that's firm that should that should just be that should just be a thing probably will, make it. probably will become a thing judging by how apparently everyone just steals our ideas <laughs> Next up, what did you, what Tim? You had some more ideas. 
Yeah, so I so I got two. The first one came from uh, after Rasmus Hoygaard's shot oh. this week, which if, if you've not seen it, by the way, um, I think it's on DP World Tours socials. Um, no idea how far out he was from 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 the pin, but obviously it was a fair distance because he he drilled and it came in hot. His approach shot landed dead in the hole and bounced out. I'm not a massive fan of if it. I, I think if it's in the hole, it's in the hole. I, I bet that's the way I think it should be. So I would kind of have like the 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 kind of the Hawkeye or goal the, the VAR goal line technology on that 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 one. I think if it, I mean, you don't, you wouldn't even need to do much. You'd probably just be able to wind back the kind of the TV slow motion replay. I think if it if it lands in the hole, it's in the hole. I think if it bounces out, that's just brutal, and it's just like, come on. So, what do you what do you guys think about that? Do you do you buy into that, or do you think no? If it bounces out, it bounces out. Uh, I think it's brutal that you can hit literally the perfect shot, and he yeah. took, and he took two what at least probably I didn't even see it at least two more shots. I'm assuming from where he ended up yeah. as a result. Yeah, I think that's unfair. I am with you there. I think if you slam dunk a shot and it goes in. It's in. The issue, A, you'd have to have a camera on every on every hole. And yeah. B, <laughs> like, is it again, it's classic whole ball over the line situation. Is it whole ball has to go underneath the cause you see how many people people's putts like go, Ooh, they're in the hole and then they come back out again, like I think uh, yeah, so I think that would be the I would that that would be the whole thing. It would have to be like the ball would have to literally go below the cup. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I like that then. Yeah, I I don't know because then it's like, well, where do you draw the line? Is it like, does that come in on chips as well that are from like just ten feet off the green? Does it come from those lippy putts that, to be fair, I don't remember seeing one that went in the hole, bounced back out. But does it extend? Yes, everything that far. Well, I think the difference then, with those is they they don't hit the bottom of the cup. Yeah, and then does it extend back to a one that I I've always got. A, puts a beer in my bonnet this is when the ball stops and lands in a divot if we can all see it's in a divot do they get to move it an inch to the side that's changing the rules that's not exactly what you were talking about but then do we then start changing the rules of goal it's literally nothing like what i was talking about <laughs> but do we but do we start changing the rules of golf because you use oh, a var to see if the ball is dropped the whole that's conversation it's completely different what, but I'm if talking about is the ball going in the hole and then coming back out again. I'm not yeah, but then the, but then that's changing that's changing the rules because that at the end of the day, if the ball's if the ball's not finished in the hole, then it, it ain't in the hole, is it? So then but I the would aim, say, but the aim of golf is to get the ball in the hole. The aim of golf is to not not hit the ball in the divot. Yeah, but to, the, the 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 aim is to get the ball in the hole for it to remain in the hole, not to bounce back out. So there's, oh, there's always okay, okay. No, I'm with you, Josh. I think if you hit literally the most accurate dart shot that you can hit and it just slam dunks into the hole and it doesn't step like, that's it. Foulis, Foulis is like Manuel Neuer at 2010 World Cup. That's that's what he's like at the moment. Like, nah, that Lampard's shot never went over the line. No, nah, I never saw it. Wasn't a goal. You're Manuel Neuer, mate. <laughs> um, I wish I was. <laughs> I'll move on swiftly. And the, the final one from me, and this is actually, again, a, a, another serious one, is um, in tennis, the umpire has the ability and authority to demand a point to be replayed if there is, like, interference from outside of the court. 
So like if, let's say, I don't know, the ball's going up in the air and Rafa Nadal's coming in for a smash and someone shouts as he's about to hit the smash, the umpire is within his right to say, replay the point, because that's unfair. I would like to see that brought into golf just on the team, basically to, to just negate the whole crowd interference, actually interfering with play and scoring. So I think, you know, wind it back to... I can't remember what year it was. It was like 2019 or 2018. With Tiger was still in contention on the 17th or the 18th at the Open. Winds up his tee shot in the middle of his backswing. Some idiot blurts out something and he goes offline with his drive. I think if someone in the crowd shouts in the middle of your backswing, I think the the map that the um the umpire or the rules official can step in and say that was unfair. Have a free reload. We'll add a rule on as well that, yeah, I, I agree with that. I like that. And also eject any dickheads in the crowd yeah. that shout mashed mash potatoes. You can get rid of them. Like That's like most sports. If you start saying anything particular abusively towards anyone, out you get. See ya. Chuck them out. Get rid of them. Well, I don't think it, it, don't even need, it doesn't even need to be like abusive. If you're shouting anything in the middle of someone's backswing, it's just like, what are you doing? Get like, out. It's just basic. Can, can you as a player, if you... Idiot absolutely nailed run down the middle of the fairway can you be like oh no i'd rather we didn't replay that one because i've absolutely smoked that yeah i think it's an option i think it's an option available to the player it's not like an automatic free reload it's a mulligan because the, dif- the difference with tennis really is that kind of like it's it's disadvantaged one of the players but the other person could still technically have like either one still won the point whereas in golf if you've hit your shot objectively because someone's shouting your backswing it's not it's literally no one's fault and it's not affecting anyone other than you because some um, bellend in the sh- in the crowd are shouted out. I just had someone I'd, I'd pay someone to follow me around the course just shouting in my backswing just so that every time I hit a shit shot I'd be like oh <laughs> did you hear him replay let's, let's go yeah. <laughs> there, oh, oh, there, there he is again that's oh, me that me another ball how many is that today six <laughs> oh nightmare crowd <laughs> just around me oh. yeah. yeah weird um any more for any more yeah uh two more but fairly quick one condense the season like in the nfl i don't miss a sunday with the nfl season is on because they play 17 games well they play for 17 weeks and then the playoffs so it's less than half a year there's way too much golf going on something that live is trying to fix live sounds right Right. around here a condensed (laughs) schedule yeah um we've spoken about that that before and i think the nfl was thrived because of it you know, scarcity breeds kind of interest. Uh, whereas I think they play every week and it gets a bit like, oh, yeah, three of the top 20 in the world are playing here. No, we want yeah. all, we want all of the top 20 at every tournament, right? Every tournament that you watch. So, yeah, less games, less rounds, less tournaments. Uh, and then this can be taken from any sport, anywhere in the world, in the modern day. Just let's find some better journalists that uh, ask better questions. <laughs> Anyone, anyone who's in touch with the modern age and has a clue about the sport they're reporting on, that's fine for me. And uh, that's it. You know what's remarkable? That was I, I actually sent that request out to you boys as a bit of a jokey, you know, a jokey twenty minutes that we'd have on the pod. But I think actually those are all actually very sensible, logical <laughs> ideas that I think would actually improve the sport. I didn't expect it to. I didn't expect us to be so. 
logical, articulate, and smart. Well done, us. Well done, team. Yeah, hats off. Hats off to us. Um, Japs, I think that's pretty much a good time to bring it full circle and um, sign off for this week. Anything more before we leave it at all? No, that's all from me. Thanks very much. Guys, thanks for listening, and we will see you on next week's episode. Thanks very much. Thanks, guys. Hi guys, just a quick one to say thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, can we ask a couple of very small favours? First, can you hit that subscribe button so that you never miss an episode? And also, if you're really enjoying the pod, please leave us a review. It helps us out more than you know. There's lots of new slices of golf content coming your way in the next few weeks and months, and we want to make this bigger and better than ever. The podcast is brought to you by Sunday Red, the best online golf club in the world. No membership fees, no dress code, just a growing online community of like-minded golfers. We offer golf days, coaching content, even trips abroad. If it sounds like your thing, head on over to sundayred.co.uk. And finally, no more debate. No more arguing. It's time for once and for all to find out who is the best golfer in your crew or society. Tour Champ allows you to set up an annual league for all your buddies to feed their score into, allowing you to see who will be crowned the champ at the end of the year. It's all free, so go check it out at tourchamp.co.